um, on our Wednesday nights, we've been really t- um, talking through this process. We're calling these evenings the Pursuit of Happiness. And the whole purpose of this Pursuit of Happiness series is beginning to take a look at the Bible and really uh, looking for very simple and very practical things that we can do in order to make our lives better, to make our lives more enjoyable. The scripture that we kind of base this, this whole event off of is the scripture that talks about that God has given us everything to richly enjoy, that the life of a Christian is meant to be enjoyed. And I think that sometimes in church settings and in church history, that very simple, very relevant concept can get lost in the translation of things. And we can, you know, we've heard different things, you know, about suffering and that God wants our life to be hard and these different things. And really the purpose of these nights is to begin to tackle biblically how does God feel and what are the things that God has given us, very practical things that he's given us, in order to enhance the experience of life that we live. And so that's what we've been talking about. We've been going through different things and very practical things that we can do on an everyday basis in order to very intentionally pursue happiness in our life. Now, there's a caveat to these things, and that is you can come and you can listen to these things. You can be entertained, but as you know, you're gonna, if you, this is the first time you're, you've been here, you're going to find out very quickly that the night will end by giving us some very specific, very directed encouragements that each of us would take from this place and begin to implement in our everyday lives. Because we are the owners of our own happiness. And sometimes in life, we can feel as though situations and people and problems and issues that the things that are happening around us, we can feel as though those things are the determining factors in our life as to whether or not we feel happy. And that's what we, you know, people feel in the world is that, you know, they're up and they're down and things are good and they're bad. And, and our emotional state so often follows the pattern of what's happening around us. But very specifically, the Bible goes through and gives us so many different keys that we can practically apply to our lives where we can experience happiness regardless of the situations or issues that are happening around us. That God has given us the power in order to control the inward reality of our lives. That it does not have to be dictated by what's happening on the outside or what's happening around us. But I have the power to control my inward reality. Jess was talking about it tonight. My inward environment so that I can be happy and feel good and feel like things are good in my life and things are moving forward regardless of the way that things look on the outside. Because if we have to live our life based off of how we feel on the, based off of what's happening on the outside, man, it's going to be difficult to ever be happy. Because I don't know about you, but there's always stuff happening in life that if we focus on it, it can get us down. And maybe it may be as simple as traffic, you know, or a parking ticket, or a bill in the mail, or whatever it is. Simple things in our life can have such a strong ability to dictate to us how good or not good we should feel about our lives. And so what we're doing on these evenings is scripturally going through and realizing that God has given us 
power to control the way that we feel on the inside. And I'm so thankful for that power, I gotta tell you. Because, man, the process, last night we had our uh, meeting in Buffalo and I was talking a little bit about my own story and what God has brought me through. And I gotta tell you, I am so thankful for the transformational power of God in my life. That when we simply will just act on the word and be obedient to do what the word tells us to do, God can transform. This is, how, this is a lot of what I say to people. If God could use me, then God could use anybody. You know, if God can transform my heart, then God can use anybody. And, and that's just the truth. Because, you know, one of the things that I was so true about me is in my non-Jesus state, man, I hated being told what to do. Anybody else like that? Like, you're just like, that's okay. You don't have to raise your hands because, you know, oh, we got one. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Okay. I hated being told what to do. I was the kind of person who, even if I wanted to do something, but you told me to do that thing, I would do whatever was possible in order to not do that thing. I can actually remember going on a vacation with my parents, okay? Now, I was raised a Christian. The majority of you know that, you know, probably from the age of three years old, I was in church all the time. And so my whole existence growing up was a Christian existence. It was everything God all the time. Uh, and it took a little while for me to catch on to the idea of Jesus. And so I can remember going on vacations, and my parents used to do this thing where they would sit us all around the table or on the couches, depending on where we were, and before we could go out in the sun or do anything fun, my parents would make us each go around the table and we would have to pray, okay? Now, I'm telling you, it wasn't like they had a specific prayer. It was just, we're going to go on the table and everybody's going to pray. And then as soon as everybody prays, everybody can go outside. I tell you, I fought that tooth and nail. I can't tell you how many hours of prime sun and fun that I missed because I refused to pray, because I didn't want to do anything that I didn't feel like doing. You know, my sisters would yell at me, my mom and dad would be like, dude, like, what is wrong with you? Just, like, say, in Jesus' name, amen, and you can go. And I vehemently refused, because I was just not interested in being told what to do. And ever since then, you know, it was, I really hated doing things that I didn't feel like doing in the moment. And I can remember the first time that I was in a church service and the, the, the person who was up ministering was encouraging people to laugh. And they were talking about, you know, just laugh. And I was like, absolutely not, right? And they're like, come on, just laugh. Like, ha, 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 right? And everybody in the crowd is doing it and I was silent, you know? Like, you might as well like put tape over my mouth because there is absolutely no chance right now that I am going to laugh. And finally, I can remember, I was in just like a really bad place, you know, mentally, and I was just kind of beating myself up. And I can remember this thought comes into my head. You know, I was upset and I was stressed out. And this message comes back into my head about just laugh. And so I tell you, I was alone in my room. And so that nobody would actually know that I was doing what that person told me to do. And I can remember just sitting in a room being like, oh, ha, ha. <laughs> and it was so funny how I started out being like, ha ha. And then you know how it goes, like you start getting in your head and you start thinking that what you're doing is funny. 
And then it starts to get like, ha ha, and ha 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 ha. And then, man, I tell you something, it wasn't long before I was actually making myself laugh. And I, before I even realized what had happened, my negative mood that I was stuck in, I totally forgot what was happening, and I was so engaged in this process of laughter. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. The title of this message is The License to Laugh. Um, because we're going to get into it a little bit scripturally and realize that laughter God has given to us as an amazing weapon against the negativity and the negative cycles that the enemy or life would try to keep us stuck in. Now, here's the deal. Maybe you've never, you know, been on a family vacation where your parents forced you to pray. Maybe you've never fake laughed until you actually started to laugh. But I got to tell you something. Laughter is so good for us. And, you know, very simply, why is it so valuable? It's because laughter forces us to see life through a positive perspective. You know, this is how a lot of comedians, I, I like to watch comedians and I, I love to laugh. If you know me, I'm like the easiest laugher. Like I'm the guy who you can tell a bad joke and I laugh at it because I just like to laugh. But I realize this about comedians. This is actually what comedians do is that they are always looking in life. They are looking through the lens of how can this particular thing that I'm experiencing be funny? That's why you ever, the funniest comedians are people who can see something that we all experience in everyday life and somehow find a way to make that thing funny. They'll point at a perspective or an idea or something. And I realized something that we can actually have the perspective of laughter. That we can go through everyday life situations and if we have the right perspective, it's amazing how we have the ability to see even the most difficult, the most troublesome, the most frustrating situations. But when I have the right perspective, it's amazing how quickly I can get through those things. I tell you, it improves our happiness because it forces us to look for the good in life. I tell you, too many people in life, you know, myself included on certain days, we are, can be so focused on what's not right in our life. You ever notice that? I was listening to Joel Osteen this afternoon, and he was telling like some funny jokes and going through this really funny scenario about how easy it is for us, you know, and all the amazing things that God does for us. But it's funny how we can get so quickly swept up in all the negativity or the perceived negativity of things happening around us. But I got to tell you something, it doesn't have to be that way. You know, I drove past a sign the other day, and it was so, it was actually funny to me. You know, I'm thinking, these billboards that people pay for, they're expensive. You know, like $5,000, $6,000 a month. And this is what, this was the advertisement. And so these people, this is like a creative team brainstorming. What's the best possible way that we can get audience engagement with this, bill, with this billboard? This is what it said. Underappreciated. Underpaid unrecognized and I laughed about you can laugh it's actually funny go ahead ha 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 thank you it's actually funny how this creative team realized that these buzzwords are attractive because everyday life and people who are walking around every day we can feel these feelings now the reality is is that yes everybody is going to go through situations that can feel that way 
But I got to tell you something, the whole purpose of this evening and these nights is for us to realize that just because the situation wants to tell me that I should feel undervalued, I don't have to feel that way. That just because there's things, negative things happening in my life, I don't have to grab a hold of those things. That if I simply grab a hold of the biblical principles of what God is talking to me about, I can turn this negativity into positivity in my life. In fact, there's actually a thing nowadays called laughter therapy. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but this is a legitimate medical thing that people do. It's called laughter therapy. They treat things, so people who are unable to be treated, and they're like getting really negative, things like diabetes, hypertension, and depression are things that doctors now are realizing can be cured simply by living a lifestyle of laughter. In fact, let's talk about some of the things that laughter does for us, because it's actually surprising. I love going through these, and I love these nights because I'm doing so much research and realizing it's crazy how some of these simple things that are like ridiculous, that are like, you know, natural human reactions to situations, that God has placed so much power in some of these things that seem so natural. Okay, get ready for this. This is probably the longest list of facts that you're about to hear about something as simple as laughter. Did you know that laughter and community are so amazing and they connect so well? That you are 30 times more likely to laugh when you're a part of a community than when you're just alone. That your brain releases specific chemicals when you laugh that actually makes your bond with that person that you're laughing with stronger, okay? It's subconsciously, when I laugh with someone, subconsciously their brain knows that I'm a safe person for them. Let's talk about, okay, wait, here's this one. That if you laugh with somebody that you're interested in, or ladies, if a guy makes a joke and you laugh at his joke, did you know scientifically things are released in the man's brain? Now, this could be that men are a little simple. However, hey man, if it works, it works, right? If you will laugh at a guy's joke, scientifically, you actually become more attractive to that guy. Did you know that laughter, laughter in a work, <clears throat> laughter in a workplace is actually proven to increase innovation, especially spikes in research and development. Let's talk about what happens in our bodies when we laugh. When you laugh, it decreases the stress hormone. Now, not even laughter, but the anticipation of laughter, like thinking about that you're going to watch a funny movie Tuesday of next week, that alone, your body loves laughter so much that the thought of laughing in the future will decrease the stress hormone. It will increase your immune system and give your, your T-cells, which is what your body uses to fight diseases, you get a significant boost in T-cells in your body. People are even saying that now they're starting to treat things like the common cold with laughter. Come on, people, like, this is crazy. It will lower bad cholesterol and increase good cholesterol. It will lower your blood pressure and fight hypertension. It will decrease your hunger hormone. In fact, they say if you'll laugh for, for 15 to 20 minutes a day, you'll lose 5 to 10 pounds a year. 
Okay. Here we go. Everybody's laughing now. Everybody's like laughing their way to their summer bodies, right? Like, so if I like like three hours a day, right? I could be like, it could be real, right? They found in people there's a hundred percent increase in our ability for our memory's ability to recall things. They say that it will help you live longer, stress less, and stay mentally strong. It actually laughter releases in our brain what's called gamma waves. And these are the waves in our brain that are that people use to like in their in meditation and things like that, like focus, thinking and things like that, where your brain actually has a deeper ability to focus that they're saying that laughter releases those same focus and concentration waves. For children, children have the ability to learn tasks better if they do the task while laughing. They say the older that you get, the more that you need to laugh. That laughing will actually help your, ability, your learning ability and your ability to recall information as you age. This is just laughing. And it's rightfully so, right? Because in Proverbs twenty-two seventeen, the Bible says it like this. A cheerful heart is a good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. You know what I've realized in life is that too many people are walking around with a broken spirit. Broken hearts, broken dreams, through past failures, current situation, future worries, people walk around caught in a vortex of negativity. And I tell you, God knows that life is challenging. I mean, we read it all throughout the New Testament even about, you know, life is going to have its stuff and things are going to happen and you know, and, and a lot of the times God uses, we're going to talk about this on Sunday, that God, in fact, uses some of these troubling situations in order to bring us to new heights in him. But God knows these things, but the beautiful thing is that God has not left us to fend for ourselves in our trouble. That God has given us these amazing tools, like simple things such as laughter, in order to begin to fight against these negative emotions and pits that we can sometimes feel as though we're falling in. That we don't have to allow our outlook to be determined by our obstacles. And that's what the pursuit of happiness is all about. Realizing that God has given us the cure for sadness. He's given us the cure to depression and frustration and anxiety. The Bible says it like this, that joy is strength. And so let's talk about for a second, what does it look like to live a lifestyle of laughter? Because there's actually things, I mean, of course, if they have a legitimate medical science devoted to therapy using laughter, people have really discovered how do we live a life of laughter? Because they say one of the things that happens to people is the older that we get, the less that we laugh. You notice that in children, kids are laughing all the time, and they laugh at the most ridiculous things. But the older that we get, the more mature that we get, the more responsible that we get, the more that we grow up and do the adult thing, we honestly laugh less. And it's funny how children are happy, and a lot of adults or people as they age, we're so caught up in the stress, the anxiety of life, we can find ourselves going day after day after day without ever honestly feeling happy. So what does it look like? I got three things that we can do. Very, very simple things that we can do 
in order to uh, begin to live a lifestyle of laughter. You're going to want to write these down because they're actually really cool. The first one is, is that you have to start early, okay? Almost as soon as you wake up, there is always something to smile about. Isn't that true? I mean, in the morning, the funniest stuff happens, right? Like you look in the mirror and you got this ridiculous bedhead. Okay, you wake up and like your whole left leg or your left, your right hand is gone totally numb, right? There's toothpaste in your beard, right? Maybe you got like weird sweat stains under your arms. You had that weird dream about the puppies going down a slide, okay? Or how about the wall you just almost walked into? There's always something right away that if we're looking for it, can cause there to be a smile on our face. Now the point of this is, is that we cannot wait for something negative to happen in our lives, and then try to laugh in the midst of our negativity. I tell you something, the hardest time to try to be joyful is when you just got a speeding ticket. <laughs> Isn't that true? I mean, mustering up laughter after you get that bill in the mail because your kids have so much overage on their data plan. That is a really hard time to laugh. And so what these principles are talking to us about is that we have to get ourselves into an attitude where I'm already prepping myself for the day, right? I've already been laughing all morning at all the funny things that have gone on around me that now as these simple things and these negative things try to happen to me, I'm already in a better mood to be able to handle those things. Laughing early in the morning will start your day off right, and it's actually proven to give you more strength throughout the day. And this is the thing. You have to be intentional about it, okay? Because when you wake up in the morning, sometimes the last thing you want to do is to laugh at something. But if we're intentional, thinking every morning when I wake up, I'm looking for something to make me smile, to make me laugh, it's actually phenomenal how it creates a strength on the inside of us. Number two, write this down. Fake it until you make it. Walking around with a smile, even when you have nothing to smile about, leaves you in a place where you are poised to laugh at something. It's like the analogy that I just gave at the very beginning of how I wasn't feeling like laughing. You know, I'm feeling all negative in my room, and I'm sitting down, and I'm like, you know, ha, 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 ha. Uh -huh. But it's amazing how if when I, as I just faked it, you know, I'm just ha ha. But it's amazing how every time you fake it, it gets a little bit more genuine. You know, but this is the thing is that in the process of faking it, you're going to feel a little bit weird. Okay. Because you know how it is like when you put a smile on your face and you're walking around in your head, you think that you look like a big clown. You know, with this big red, you know, nose on your face. You got like big bright lipstick. I tell you something, nobody actually knows that you're faking it smiling. But what happens is, is not only is it improving your mood, but it's a proven fact that your smile is contagious. That your laughter is contagious. So not only is it making you feel better, it's actually brightening the room and people's lives that are around you. I tell you something. This is what I believe was what the rich young ruler, as he came to Jesus, and he said, Jesus, how do you live the life that you live? I think what he was seeing was Jesus was probably always smiling. 
he was probably always laughing. I mean, the Bible says that the children came to him, which means one of the things that I've learned about being a dad is that kids don't like me if I'm like all like stuck up and stoic, you know? Like children don't run to me, you know, before I had a kid because I didn't know how to interact with them. I tell you now, kids like me. And you want to know why they like me? Because I act like an absolute idiot. I'll roll on the floor. I'll fake laugh. I'll tickle them. I'll make ridiculous faces. I make some of the dumbest sounds to Lola all the time. And I tell you something, the weirder I am, the more that she likes it. I think this is what people saw about Jesus, was that Jesus was honestly happy all the time. He was able to go through challenges and difficulties, but it was as if nothing had the ability to bother him. And this is because he was intentional. And this is where we are. I used to hate it when people would point out the fact that I laughed easy or that I was smiling all the time. I felt like it was exposing, you know, that it was like I'm so childish or immature. I thought it was like a diss. But then I noticed something, is that when bad things happened, people around me would freak out and I would honestly laugh at situations. Like that's one of the things, if you're close to me, you'll know that. I laugh at very inappropriate moments. <laughs> like sometimes I'm watching a movie and something really sad happens and my honest response is to laugh at it. And sometimes I'm like, what is wrong with me? Like, why am I laughing at this? But I've realized something is that we train ourselves how to see the good. The only reason that we see things negative is because we've trained ourselves to see negative. And all that this process is teaching us is that I don't have to live with that mentality, but I can actively begin to choose those things. And number three, and this is possibly the hardest thing to do. Number three is we have to learn how to laugh at ourselves. Are you easily embarrassed? Are you nervous to make mistakes? I tell you, next time you feel you know, the, the redness, the blood rush to your cheeks as you like accidentally trip on this carpet because everybody trips on this carpet for some weird reason. You know how you get that? Your face gets a little bit flushed and you quickly look around to make sure that nobody saw you. The next time we do things, funny things, that we make mistakes, practice laughing at ourselves. I tell you something, a slip of the tongue, a clumsy faux pas, they're recoverable. A slip and a fall, a mistake. What I've realized is that everybody does it and everybody makes mistakes. So instead of allowing the mistake to bring me down, I'm starting to allow it to create opportunities for me to laugh. I tell you something, when we do these things, simple things that we're learning on these nights, what it's doing is it's creating an anticipation in us that as we face life, and the challenges of life, and things that historically have been so easily that we've got so caught up in, and negative things that so often try to drag us down, patterns, and issues, and family things, and life things, and job things. I'm telling you, what the pursuit of happiness is all about is realizing that I don't have to fall prey to negativity any longer. That I can be in control of my mentality, in control of my attitude. And if, yes, it is silly things as simple as just choosing to laugh when I trip on myself on the carpet. But I tell you something, what it's doing on the inside of us is it's creating an awareness where we're really beginning to look for the good, look for the God in every situation that we're in. So Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for these principles, these concepts that you're teaching us. God, we know that we could trust you, and we know that you're good, and these things, the pursuit of happiness is simply aligning our hearts 
to principles and facts that you have already created for us to be. You've designed this life to be a life of joy, a life of strength, a life of laughter, a life where we can overcome any obstacle, where we can jump over any wall, where we can move through any difficulty. And God, you've given it to us. You said, Father, that our joy is our strength. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray your life was impacted by the service and that you were able to feel the tangible love of Jesus fill whatever space you're listening from. Maybe you found this message and you've never had the opportunity to come into a personal relationship with Jesus, or you've known about him but have been far from him. We want to give you the opportunity to make his love a daily reality in your life. Jesus came to this earth and died on a cross so that you and I could be close to him. He wanted to wipe away every disappointment and bring you into a life of purpose and meaning, one that will impact this globe for good. So if you'd like to begin this journey with Jesus today, then repeat the simple prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I'm praying this prayer because I know that I've made mistakes and have been living without you. I apologize and I trust that you will forgive me. I accept your love and grace and ask that you would be my Lord and Savior. Help me believe in you and love you every day. Help me to show the world what you're like and how great your love is. I commit to live for you from this moment forward. In Jesus' name, amen. All of our Light City family are joining with heaven and celebrating over the commitment you just made to have Jesus as the Lord of your life. We have resources available for you to help you on this journey, but most of all, we're praying for you. Send us a note at info at golightcity.com to let us know about the decision you've made today. We have resources we'd love to send you uh, with some easy steps on how to go from here so that you can discover God in a real and meaningful way. If you have a prayer request, our team would love to connect with you and partner with you to see God transform your life. God bless you, and we look forward to hearing from you soon.